90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It's not as gets gross. the people going. You are now listening to Diagnonsense. That we would just be idiots saying nonsense. With Kurt Honak. Damn it. And Isaac Smolden. I am also here. I'm not a big, not a big goblin guy. I am a lizardman guy in Blood Bowl. I've started playing Blood Bowl on the computer. It's the yep. ultimate game of fantasy football where you have different teams of Warhammer oh, yeah. uh, fantasy races. I saw and, an ad for it, and, and was... I'm a big, I'm a big lizardman guy. Yeah. Ian, shout out to Ian. Uh, I'm paying him thirty dollars to 3D <laughs> print me my lizardman models. Um, <laughs> And I'm pretty excited. You know, you've got linebackers that have decent movement and agility, but don't get injured. Uh, they're yeah. like orcs, except they can run the ball way better because they've got the the skinks in there, the little lizard dudes. Yeah, yeah. Run on, you know, they're like the run on water basilisk lizards, except yeah. they just, uh, you know, they just pick up the ball and go. And good luck stopping them uh, <laughs> with your, I mean, you know, high elf team or whatever you got. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna pound the rock. The we're just gonna men. play some old school football with the lizard men. Thank you for tuning in to Diagnonsense. We're not talking about more Warhammer fantasy races today. We already <laughs> we can only get away with that once every two years, so we're <laughs> we're p- putting that topic back into hibernation. But we do have something. Probably a little bit of a shorter episode today, uh, so we can set up a gigantic episode with both of our two guests. That's uh, on a movie. The next time we record. But this is a conversation that I think both of us have had independently. It's come up at coffee with the mayor a couple of times and i also think that it it has the you know it's like a bipartisan supported issue it's something that everyone can agree on and yet we don't have any movement it seems like uh at least locally on or i don't really hear it in the public discourse a lot talking about some social welfare reform whoa (laughs) Whoa. it's pretty pretty out there for for us, but we like to fix, you know, we like to fix all the world's problems in, in one go on this podcast. If everyone would just run the world according to Diagnonsense, you know, we could, <laughs> Kurt and I could really benevolent dictatorship. Benevolent this, uh, dictatorship. Yeah. Both the, that's why Rome had two pra- uh, praetors. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just one of us is a left hand magician. One of us is a right hand magician and we solve all the world's problems through our benevolent yeah. dictatorship. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. Insert Joker meme. No, so this is this is something that I mean. Obviously, Kurt, you're on the kind of in the trenches when it comes to you know as a client navigator, you're you're having a lot of you know conversations with with clients just in the car in the building and as someone who filled in for you when you took a vacation for yeah. a month, I've <laughs> I've had some of those conversations too. Yeah, seems to come up a lot because. You know, I, I think when it comes to our, our clients, and I, I certainly don't want to generalize and I'm not not uh, deigning to speak for all of our clients, but we we absolutely have some people that need medical, you know, food and other government service benefits just based off of the background that they're coming out of. I mean, we deal with some some severe traumatic situations here at, at my house. What I what I like about this subject is I think both sides of the political spectrum, you know, no matter kind of where your background is, I think everyone can agree that 
when you're talking about a client that has an ACEs score of eight that comes into our program, there's not going to be a whole lot of people that are going to say, yeah, they, you know, why can't they just pay for full medical and, and, and who is pregnant or, or needing medical services because of some of that, those traumatic experiences. There's not a lot of people that are going to say, oh yeah, they, they don't need medical services. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at purchasing medical insurance, Kurt, I get to be on my mommy and daddy's for another like year at <laughs> no, this point, the I've clock's been, running out. I've but, been paying my medical insurance. And let me tell you, it is not <laughs> something that I look forward to every year. <laughs> yeah. My ACE score is zero. Uh, <laughs> I would not have medical insurance if it was not for my, my parents right now. I'd risk it for the biscuit, honestly. I mean, it's insane. It's tough for, for the average, well, it's expensive whether you use it or not. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, a, I mean, our medical system in, in general is also a pretty polarizing uh, topic yeah. that, that we don't need to get into. But again, I, I think everyone can agree, you know, there, there are people in our society that need these medical benefits that, that need meal assistance, that uh, type of stuff. The problem is, is where we start to get divided is, you know, no one, no one wants to take services away or, or, you know, a, a lot of people, anytime you start talking about social welfare reform, it's, it turns into this very black and white thing where maybe one side's like, we got too many people uh, suckling off the government teat, cut them all off. And you got the <laughs> other side that's like, we are letting people die in the sewers. Can someone help these people out? And yeah. We really lose, I feel like we really lose the plot. This is what we were, we were talking about at Coffee with the Mayors. I really feel like we're losing the plot because if we can provide these, and, and we're using SSI as an example, if we can provide SSI to those who need it and then incentivize people to, one, work, but also still you still let them receive their benefits and it's a tapering system rather than what it is yeah, right just now like like a locally hammer. where it's just yeah. like, right. oh, you know, you, you're finally back on your feet. Yeah. You, you've done your 12-step NA. You were addicted to fentanyl, and now you're off fentanyl. You, and you know what was funny is I got a text about this out of the blue, and it wasn't even – it didn't have anything to do with this conversation or any of the conversations we had at the at the mayor's meeting where – yeah, like the problem is we make too much. We've been so we're we're in this weird spot right now where you make too much we, to get the services. Yeah, yeah, but you don't make enough to pay for decent medical coverage yeah. and, and was, food and utilities. And it was funny because you had mentioned doing this podcast with me, and this person just out of the blue was like, "I was like, well, can you do this? Can you do that?" And it was like, "Well, we, you know, the problem is we'd be cut off from." Uh, the benefits for that. So it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's happening to a lot of people. <laughs> it's not <laughs> or, just our clients, but, right, right. but it's, it creates this catch 22 situation where if you have someone that they're clean and sober, they were addicted to fentanyl, they got clean and sober. They went to the courts. They were able to get their kids back. They're like, you know, I completed this job training program at my house. I'm out working in the community. And then we are like, great. You're doing all that. Good job. Hey, by the way, you owe $4,000 in medical bills for your kids. And also we're taking your food assistance away because you're making too much money. It's almost I like mean, you punish people to do the right thing. Right. And I'll, and I'll call it out the right, yeah. the right side of the political spectrum. They love hot to take, hot take. No, I'm just kidding. Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. They <laughs> love to <laughs> point <laughs> the finger. 
they love to point the finger at people that that are on long-term, you know, SSI meal assistance benefits and go, look at all these lazy people. If they would just get out there and work, blah, blah, blah. And you miss the fact that it is the most financially responsible thing for these people to just continue to get the benefits that they're getting in the short term. And I, I will say in the short term, because in the long term, yes, if you can work your way up, you know, at a job, eventually, you know, get better and better pay, get some job experience, you know, get education. Yeah. Okay. That's better for you in the long run. But in the short term, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Because now you're you're going to end up paying way more of your individual money by trying to go, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder than if you just continued to get your benefits, made sure that your kids in a lot of cases had food, medical, and it's a little some of the people that are in that position, they won't last five years to get to the other side. Yeah. Well, and and when I think I mean, what comes to my mind is like the most vulnerable vulnerable people, which are the people with like, you know, high ACEs scores who come from multi-generational poverty or drug use already. And so. And how do you see the forest through the trees yeah, when you've been fighting right. your whole life right. just how, to survive? So, yeah, because how do you make it more equitable? Because I feel like right now, from my perspective, like, I think it's hard for government to do that. To begin with. So well, I, it's hard for the federal government <laughs> to help each individual well, person to the perfect amount. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. Right. Cause it's, it's cause not it's a like, simple, it's a hammer kind of a thing. Right. When you, when you have a screw and I'm, I'm not saying again, we love to fix all the world's problems. I'm on this podcast. I'm not saying that this yeah. is like, we could just be doing this no, tomorrow. No, I but know. It, I do think it's a conversation that we need to have. It's, because it's an important conversation because, you know, one of the things that comes up is um, for some people is like, well, you know, I've got this disorder. I've got, I've had a neuropsych. Shouldn't I just be on SSI, you know, or, or disability? One of the conversations I have is like, well, hold on a second. You know, if you're functioning and you're doing good enough, you know, I mean, I, I had, I had multiple mental health disorders. I'm sure if I would have pushed to try and get disability that I could have, but I said, when, when we have this conversation with people, I, I say, the problem with that is, is that, you know, you, I, I know they, they, they always say like, well, you know, don't let the stigma of mental health affect you and don't let like the, dis, you know, like you're, you have bipolar, you're not bipolar kind mm-hmm. of a thing. You know, if you're, if you have the means to, to not have, to not be on disability and uh, work out of that, it's a, it's a better solution because. I think the framework is flawed. I mean, I think I think the, the the disorders, the way they're diagnosed, is flawed. Just last week, Mad in America posted that the authors of the DSM five TR had received millions of dollars in contributions from pharmaceutical companies. You know, so there's a huge conflict of interest there, and so and that's know, a whole other episode. You, and I feel it, like, and there's probably yeah, uh, yeah. a DSM episode that there, we've, there is that we've talked about. There is, but I guess the long and short of what I want to say is like. For, for people that are, they've been diagnosed for a relatively short amount of time. It's like, I can't, I can't make medical recommendations. Right. But I, I, people need to look at that critically and, and do their own research on, on that and, and not fall into the trap of I'm disabled, you know, as tempting as it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's tempting even when you're, you're far out from withdrawal, 
there's a temptation to kind of like be comfortable and, and the system you're, you're right though. The system is not equitable in that it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like a cliff that you, you're either, you know, you, you get, if you're, if you're getting the money and you're getting all the things to go from that to like complete independence, it's not yeah, cold. There's, turkey. there's no, yeah, there's no, it's, it's it doesn't feel equitable. And, and I think, the dangers of that too, you know, are that, you know, you have this label disorder that according to governments and I, because we're not the only government that does, you know, diagnose people out of the DSM, right. Is that, you know, you're, you're this, this thing, you fall into this category of human being. And I, I just don't, I'm, part of my motivation for getting off of medications and stuff is I, I didn't want that label because the whole time I had had treatment and made my situation worse, you know, and, and I think that there's a real danger of giving away your, your power <laughs> as we were talking <laughs> Thanks, about, Linda. <laughs> you know, giving away your power and giving away your, your own author- personal authority over what you are as a human being or who you are. Um, no, and, and that you definitely raise a fair point. I think that's the other side of that argument too, right? Is, you know, the first point I, I raised was, is maybe one side of the political spectrum is a little too harsh about, the fact like, Hey, my point is that, Hey, there are people that, that need these, need these services that benefit greatly, that yeah. benefit great, yeah. greatly. And, and eventually that leads to them having the chance to become, you know, right. a functioning contributing member of the economy. If that's how you want to look at it from a, a dollars and cents perspective, you raise a, a, a fair point as well is that, you know, do we have a lot of people in, in this country specifically that are on disability that maybe, you know, shouldn't, qualify or don't necessarily need that if they yeah. if they were forced to go out and and continue to kind of I mean well if the system was more up, but more accurate and equitable to evaluate them at a level right. that is or and I don't want to say that like the learned helplessness is a real thing I mean you can be in that situation but be capable of more but because like for, for me like I was I was put on all these drugs and and the expectation was like okay you've got this severe mental illness. If you have to be disabled for the rest of your life, you know, my family was willing to take that on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't work and do all this stuff, but it's like, and, and I wasn't always certain, right? Like I wasn't always certain that I could even drive. Right. Which is funny now. Cause I drive for a job. <laughs> but if, if the ground that we start off at is like, you're permanently disabled and there's no equity to move up and yeah. there's no, there's no expectation to grow. And that, that was, that was suffocating for me. I think what I like about this topic, the reason I wanted to, to do kind of just like a shorter episode, like introducing this topic is that this is one of the maybe political topics in, in our country right now, where I truly believe that the middle ground between both, you know, extreme points yeah. of view is actually like where the best solution could be found, yeah. right? Well, so um, everybody feels have, like we we could do better. Right. Yeah. Because then okay, every, we I think everyone having a reasonable conversation about this can acknowledge, hey, some people really need these type of services. And everyone that's having a reasonable conversation about this can say some we have probably some people that are taking advantage of this or that have the ability to move up or from maybe would at least have the ability to consider going into a job, working their way up. If we didn't have, like you described this cliff or hammer of how our current system works. And so the idea of these tapering services 
where we can continue to provide financial and, and meal assistance support to the people that need it while also incentivizing them to go out, you know, find a job, be involved in their community. I think in the long run, you know, you spend maybe, and it doesn't have to be like a one-to-one, you're making this dollar amount at your job. So we're taking away that equivalent amount. You could even provide, I think, more government services in the short term, more assistance in the short term financially. I have a minor in business administration. I've taken like four <laughs> upper level economics classes. I'm not, this is, this is backed up by, yeah, I'm pre-arguing already. <laughs> but but if you if you provide a little more money in the short term, I feel like there is the chance that, or a good chance that you in the long term have people that are actively contributing to the economy more because they were able to work their way up while still taking care of their kids, their medical, their What you're making is like the quality argument where you invest a certain amount into a person and then you get a better long-term return. I mean, it's just like an investment. Yeah. And, and I think, I think we've done a really poor job at doing that to like for our young people. Right. Because if you start somebody off at, you're going to be permanently disabled for the rest of your life, you're going to have to take all these drugs. If the drugs aren't working for you, we're going to give you more drugs. I mean, that that is not, to me, that's not an investment. That's like a, you're a liability and we don't want to deal with you. I mean, that's that's how I, I was felt. You and know, I think that's how I felt. I think that it, sentiment but. is maybe how our, our local system currently works is you're a liability. We don't want to deal with you. We're going to spend this amount of money so that you just get the hell out of our way and just stay in your house that we're completely paying for with the food that we're completely paying for and the medical that we're completely paying right, for. Just, just get just out of the don't, way. Kind you know, of don't try thing. to yeah. better yourself. Don't try to get involved with your community. Uh, that's fine. You can only do that for so long. You can only you. do that for so long. <laughs> and meanwhile, you have, you know, that's, that's maybe a more the extreme uh, version of what happens if you go to that extreme left side. And meanwhile, you have the extreme right side that's saying, why don't we have anyone that wants to work? (laughs) Why don't we have anyone that wants to work? Please work. And they're pointing, right? They point at that totem of like, see all these people that are just on the government benefits not working. And it's because they're not willing to. We have right now... We're in a position where we can't find some common ground between those two extremes and make a system where people are incentivized to work while getting their base needs met because of the generational trauma that they have been have undergone for their entire life. Yeah. And I like I, I don't want to, to make it um, strictly money, dollar and cents conversation, but I think that that's really how you can win the hearts and minds of the decision makers here is if you're willing to invest into people and help them in the short term, help them cover that five years of I'm working my way up the corporate ladder, I'm getting the job training, I'm getting the work experience that I need to have a career, then in the long term, they get to that career, they're able to survive that five-year your period help you know provide for themselves provide for their family and now they have disposable income that is injected directly back into the economy and in the long term their tax dollars more than cover the amount of benefits that they received yeah i mean by by long shot i mean the cost of of mental health care and incarceration versus 
just keeping people out of. I, That's a huge piece of this too, right? When we were running statistics, I, I can't remember a few years ago, and we were like comparing the cost of incarceration versus, you know, people paying people to not be in jail. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, but, but that's, that's, that's where, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've, we've done a huge disservice to people where we've created this kind of disaster economy where, you know, there's just, it, it bottoms out. So Smolden Honek 2024, uh, a platform you can get behind. Uh, this and Blood Bowl is now the national sport. We're going to have televised Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl games. That's, Become South Korea. That's our platform. Starcraft. Yeah. <laughs> South Korea. I mean, that is, they, they do play some, some pretty mean Starcraft. Yeah. If yeah. we're being honest, <laughs> they, they play the crap out of some Starcraft. I they mean, will. I've still my my <laughs> tactics are still not advanced enough to even uh, even begin competing uh, on the professional StarCraft circuit. It's um, pretty hard. But one of these one of these days we need to, you know, we've got a lot of fun projects coming up this year. I want to get some video game streams going soon. Yeah. I want Kurt and I to be playing some StarCraft. I've been been just grinding Madden. And I, I'm getting to the point where I think I'm going to be able to take on Brian and some Madden maybe oh, yeah. uh, around okay. around the Super Bowl or something. It's exciting. We have some job training videos that that are coming out. We had a really great job. Our first ones on insubordination in the <laughs> workplace, and it's filmed all using uh, interns and staff members here at my house. But you can use it in your own workplace. I think it's a it's applicable to more than than just my house. We're going to have more of those coming out. We got a lot of great video projects that are that are cooking a lot of exciting yeah. stuff so so yeah 2024 baby let's roll <laughs> <laughs>